Welcome to Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach. Once again, we just want to come together this afternoon and give you a little update of kind of where we are, not only in medical terms, but in prophecy or in all, all kinds of different things. So today, uh, Micah is joining me uh, for our little, we have a little round table. Maybe we should call it the round table. The round table session. Um, but so Micah, Tell me how you started. I mean, you're younger. You're 16. How did you get excited or curious about what's going on in our world today with COVID and all these requirements, draconian things that happen from the government? So for me, um, last summer, I attended Patrick Henry University for a summer camp. So they have, I'm not going to get into the nature of the summer camp. They have a bunch of them on law and history. That kind of got me wanting to do something, but I didn't do anything from it yet. So recently, due to the coronavirus, um, I've been listening to the Charlie Kirk show, some other conservative news outlets, just doing my own research and reading, and as well listening to Pastor Rob McCoy of Calvary Chapel Godspeak. He does some, he's been doing um, nightly podcasts on YouTube, so I started watching and listening, and that kind of just got me interested because I wanted to do something as well. Even though we're not in California or some of the states where it's more uh, regulation and mandate heavy, I still wanted to speak in my community, you know, maybe speak to my mayor or the city councilman or the people who sit on the board for our county, so. So Charlie Kirk with Turning Point USA, they, they focus a lot of their attention on the youth, but I want, I want to give a couple of other shouts out to pastors. Pastor Jack Hibbs, Pastor J.D. Uh, Farag, who's in um, Hawaii, as well as Jan Markell and, and all of these wonderful um, pastors and teachers that we have here on our website, is, uh, on our radio station, we do have on our website, but on our radio station, WXMB. So we listen to these, and oftentimes as we're going up to our youth camp that we're building up in Chesney, South Carolina, we're able to listen to these very long podcasts and video, uh, and we're getting a lot of information. And I just wanted to thank God for these men and women that are standing up today um, that are on the, I mean, the, they're the tip of the spear of what the government is wanting to shut down and messages, and they've pulled them off of YouTube. And so that's given you, as well as myself, but given us the ability to listen to the other side of the, the, the voices that are being uh, put down because they don't go along with what the government says, right? Yes. So turning point, for those of you who don't know, Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA encourage you to go them if you're a, a young adult and get active uh, in politics. They love the Lord uh, and they want to see this country free once again. Yes. I would recommend Turning Point USA. You have to be at least 18 to do any work with them. Um, they're specifically targeting colleges, but they also do a broader spectrum of work. So if you're a college-age uh, young adult, I would recommend Turning Point USA. If you're younger, like my age, I can't do anything with them yet. I would, reckon, I would recommend um, Generation Joshua. Very good. Um, every election cycle, they send teams out. You know, they knock on doors. They host events. They just try and get people to vote for Christ 
candidates that support Christian conservative values and morals. So I would recommend both of those um, organizations to you. Right. So what would you say to those people who say, well, Micah, we really don't have any business in the church meddling in politics? So um, I would have a lot to say to them, but we don't have, I don't always have the time nor the patience. See, so as the church, with the form of government we have, which is a democratic republic, you know, capitalism is our chosen way of market. So with that type of government, it's very, it doesn't function well without Christians. And what I mean with that, you can look at any government in the history of the world. So you can take Great Britain as an example. Britain had a king and a parliament. But when the church was removed from the government, we, start, we started to see how controlling, how they dominated people's lives and what that did. So when you take Christianity, and we don't have Christian politicians or politicians who support Christian morals, the government doesn't function. And our particular type of government does not function well without the church as we have seen in recent years. That's a wonderful point because one of our founding fathers, I think it was John Adams, it really doesn't matter, but it was a founding father, said that this form of government, this republic form of government doesn't work unless you have a moral people. Mm -hmm. Well, where do you get that morality from? The Founding Fathers knew it was from the Bible. Yes, which when we're not going to discuss it today, but a lot of the values in the Constitution, um, you know, the other important documents that we have in our country have values from Christianity. In fact, they used the Ten Commandments. They used a bunch of other legal documents that Christians have used for centuries because, as we know as Christians, it's been proven to work because it's God-ordained. So they used that and they instilled it into our country. So if you take those morals out, you start to see what our country looks like today, a country that is wanting to kick the church out. And what's important is that people your age know that there's a different voice other than what they get from not only social media, but also the government school system. Mm -hmm. So there is a different voice that they, I think a lot of times they just don't know that's out there, right? Yeah. So we're hoping to open up some ears and some hearts and to have some good dialogue because it, it's just become a world now that we can't have opposing views without people yelling at each other. And we see these videos that come out and it's like, come on, we should be able to have a discussion uh, without somebody freaking out, yes. right? Yes, yeah. And everybody wants a civil conversation. Nobody wants an uncivil conversation. Very few people go around looking just to argue. For a fight. Yeah. Or but there are groups that yes. want to do that, right? Yes, there are groups that go around who intentionally want to start fights or disagreements or arguments. But we need to, it's good to have civil conversations because then you see, both sides of, you know, you see the conservative point or you see the liberal point or, you know, wh whatever you're debating. But you see both points or both sides and the sides with more facts and evidence will become apparent and that's if you're a logically... Well, we would hope so. Yes, but if you think logically you're going to want to side or with the side that has more evidence to support their claims. Right, and during this time too, we've seen a lot of people who are polar opposites 
on the political spectrum, yet come together because they see these measures that the government is doing, the overreaching. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity uh, inside of the church to bring a message of hope to those who may never even talk to you and I because of uh, our our religious differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we we follow Jesus Christ. And so they wouldn't normally talk to us, yet they see their freedoms eroded. They see our freedoms eroded, and they're like, hey, we're both in the same boat here. Maybe there is a constructive conversation that we could have. Now, with all that, let's try to dive into a couple of things that we're going to hit today. And again, we're trying to give um, the, these views of what's going on today, but also give people hope in Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to just spew facts out. We want to we help people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Uh, and so let, let's just dive into the first thing, because I know it's everywhere. I, I got this look uh, from somebody yesterday uh, when I was in a store getting coffee without a mask on. How dare I? not believe uh, what the government is telling us about mass. And the reason why is because our own county government just extended a 60-day order. Let's all have a deep breath. Over mass, and I really would love to have been able to say, where is your facts that you're basing this off of, Mm -hmm. number one? And number two, why was it not up for public debate? So... Uh, Before you dive into that, I just want to give this website. Uh, It is Citizens Council for Health Freedom, and it's on our our radio station. We have these health freedom minutes that play on our radio station. And if you go to cchfreedom.org, a lot of information that we use on mass or on COVID numbers or on statistics about testing, this really is a wealth of information. Once again, that's cchfreedom.org. So, Micah, let's let's talk about mass. Okay. So, first, and there's plenty to get into, but I want to talk about m- the mask itself, the types of mask as well that the people types wear. Of masks. So, we're going to start off. Every everybody sees blue surgical masks. You'll you know going into stores or a movie theater, movie theaters are starting to reopen, just different events like that, it's the most common mask you'll see. You know, you can buy it in bulk, it's cheaper, you know, you don't have to make it, very easy mask. So, surgical masks, as the name suggests, they're used during, the, during surgery in an operating room. So, the reason why these masks are used is if I'm a surgeon and I'm making an incision into somebody, if I, ex- you know, for whatever reason, I cough or sneeze, my bodily um, fluids and my germs are not going into an open wound. The same reason that, you know, if you have an open wound, you clean it and disinfect it. And two, uh, in that open wound, you know, bodily fluids from that person or bacteria can get sprayed outwards. So as a surgeon, I would not want that in my nose or in my mouth. So that is the reason why surgical masks are used. However, they are used in sterile environments and- Sterile. Sterile. Not when you are outside where you have dust particles, you have smog, smoke, you know, dirt. 
And all of these particles, what they will do is they will go, they will clog the mask up. And so instead of breathing through the mask or out or exhaling out, you will breathe in through the sides of the mask and you exhale out through the sides of the mask. So you're, by you're bypassing the mask as a whole. So the mask really doesn't do anything. No, surgical masks are not intended for viruses. They're simply intended to keep your bodily fluids away from somebody who has an open wound or the person with an open wound to keep their bodily fluids away from you. So you could say, well, you know, don't, don't when we sneeze or cough, doesn't that, ex, um, you know, doesn't that send our bodily fluids out? So is it wearing a mask good? Well, theoretically, yes. However, the virus itself, your average virus is about five nanometers to 30 nanometers in diameter. The largest viruses being about 500 nanometers in diameter. For those of you who don't <laughs> know, because we don't use the metric system, that is extremely small. How small? Um, God. I mean, because the virus is so small? Yeah. Is the virus smaller than the holes in the mask? Yes, the virus is small enough to go through the mask. And so the mask does nothing? The mask does not do anything. You know what I you. heard the other day? Uh, and um, someone was m making mention of the mask. They said, if you can smell smoke, the particles of smoke, then you know your mask isn't doing anything mm -hmm. because the virus is smaller than that, to which we know that the WHO and the CDC, way before any of this ever happened, way before <laughs> any lockdowns, any mass ordinance, we already know that they both have their independent data that said mass do not work with viruses. No, they do not. You would need one of those, what kind of mask we were talking about the other day, like so, a full-blown canister mask. Yes, those, are yeah. the, those masks will protect you from viruses. But if, the, if it's such a big deal, why don't we have that? Why are they not recommending all of us have these big canister masks on if they're so interested in us staying healthy? Well, so what masks do, and because you have to remember, it's what, what is going on is not just physical, it's psychological as well. A mask takes you away your identity. So if you don't have an identity, you're just another name, but more importantly, another number. Another number. You can, you know, think of George Orwell's 1984. Everybody's a number. You'd only use your names with somebody who you knew well, maybe your neighbor, your friend, or even somebody in your familiar unit, which is what they call it. They wouldn't call it a family. So you lose your identity, and there are some downsides of wearing masks as well, and we can get into that a little later. But very quickly, I just want to go over two types of masks real quick. So N95, some of you may know what these look like. Um, they're essentially painter's masks with a little uh, like knob or dial on it, which helps filter, and you can choose how you want the mask to filter um, particles out. These masks are good in a worksite environment where you know maybe you're sanding something. You can get wood particles or dust particles or dry we've paint. We've used them when we were doing build-outs, right? Yes, they're good for blocking out larger particles. However, like the surgical mask, they cannot block out the extremely small particles, which a virus is. It's just not, the mask is not designed to filter out particles that small. And finally, for those of you DIYers, you know, or when you've had to use a t-shirt or for those of you wearing bandanas or whatever it is, 
I mean, your T-shirt is not designed to filter out. This is not designed to filter out small particles. No. And in fact, the cloth masks, which are like cotton masks that mm -hmm. we see a lot of people, are the worst masks to have. Yes. Because they have bigger holes. Yes. And the cloth, the cloth masks as well, as on top of any other mask, but particularly because they're cloth and a cough or a sneeze, as you know, is, is wet. <laughs> you know, it's a little gross, but that's what it is. It will get stuck in the mask and you will breathe. You, when you inhale oxygen through the mask, it will go through that layer of bacteria that is now on your mask. So masks as a whole do not... The they are limited, and just remember, the WHO and the CDC mm -hmm. long ago said they're ineffective. Yes. This is not us coming up with something and saying, oh, don't wear a mask. It's, and I'm going to get to that mask in a minute because you said uh, could control and take it away. This is something that's already it was well known. Yes. Back in 2003, they were talking about the ineffectiveness of masks. Yes. So... Um, the Nordic countries, uh, Sweden, Norway, th these mm -hmm. are countries that say, we're not telling our people to wear them because we know that they are ineffective. Yeah. Uh, as we leave the mask topic, I, I want to make a couple of points. Number one, God designed us to have oxygen. Yes. Not breathe in our own carbon di dioxide. So when we do that, we are lowering our immunity, <laughs> which is counter productive to what's yeah. going on. You would think that we would, would want good, healthy immunity. Mm -hmm. In fact, we are lowering a, our immunity. Yes. Um, another part of that really quick. Um, we do have, CD, there are some CDC reports. Um, one has come out in May, some are more recent, where they did, uh, where they tested people with masks and people without masks in a laboratory. And the consensus was there was statistically basically no difference. And keep in mind, that is in a sterile laboratory, right. not out in the open where you have, you know, right. any, any, you know, if you lived down in George, Georgetown, Georgetown, you have the paper factory right there, so that probably isn't doing miracles for your mask. So the CDC, like Pastor Ron has said, and the WHO, no masks are ineffective. But what masks do to you as well, they instill... Like I said, they take away your identity, but when you wear a mask, you're also fearful be of getting the virus. Mm -hmm. And when you are fearful, that contributes to stress, and stress lowers your immunity overall. Yes. I'm sure some of you know when you have been overly stressed about something, you can wake up with a cold the next morning, mm -hmm. even from the most innocent of uh, disease. Stress and fear lower your immunity and makes you more comparable to getting the virus. So what is, what's the goal of the mass then? Well, the goal of the mass is to, like you said, make us just uh, George Orwell 1984 number, mm -hmm. reduce our identity. Mm -hmm. In government schools, they're not taught individuals. You're not an individual. You're part of this collective and this group, right? Yes. It is to continue the fear. Sadly, it gives you a false sense of, of security, which I... Um, witnessed yesterday with this mm -hmm. older lady and she was upset that I didn't have a mask on and I thought to myself but you've got a mask on so it should be protecting you right yes so why are you mad that I don't have a mask if you have a mask ah. but there's a there's a bigger thing that's happening yes and 
it is my opinion, and I think, again, um, documented that mass, mandatory, if, if the government can say mandatory mass for you, then they can mandatory a vaccine. Yes. So it is my firm belief, and it's just my firm belief, and listen, I'll, I'll let you guys be wrong, <laughs> that mandatory mass is the first step yes. to mandatory vaccine. And mm -hmm. we're not even going to get into that today, let alone what's in the vaccines, yeah. what's in COVID, how it was made. It is not, <laughs> it's crazy. So it's just one step, and it's a controlling. So if they can just tell you and mandate whatever they want to you without any real data to back it up mm -hmm. and not even citing old data yeah. that's still correct, yes, then it's just controlling the population. Yeah, and when you, um, as Pastor Ron had said, it's, it, it's pre-programming you to be able to take a mandated vaccine, which is not constitutional. It should be, if I want a vaccine, I will get a vaccine. And we're not discussing the topic of vaccines today, that if, if you like what we're doing and enjoy this, we will continue doing similar things as well. But what's frightening is, and we will get into that on another uh, time, but Alan Dershowitz, who is this well-known lawyer and champion for rights, he said that the government has every right to hold you down and plunge that needle into your arm. Look how far we've come as a people to give away rights just so I can feel yes. safe. And uh, one more thing before we leave this topic of mandated vaccines and masks. Um, they have projected that a vaccine will come out fairly soon, but there are issues with that because it won't be tested on small populations of people beforehand. We don't and in most cases, you don't get to see all the side effects of vaccines until several years after. Mm -hmm. So I would not want a speedily put together vaccine. That's not to say that it isn't put together, but it hasn't been tested completely. Just all the variables that go along with that, I would not want that in my body. I would not want that in anybody's body. That's why a mandated vaccine is a, is a bad idea. You know why you don't buy a new car of that model the first year it comes out because it's got problems in it. You wait a couple of years through they, so they work through the issues of that. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm not confident in how they're building this virus, yeah. let alone. And Fauci even said that even with a virus, or even with a vaccine, it still will be, as he said, ineffective to yes. stop it. So even if there is, some kind of vaccine that came out, and who is making that vaccine? Mm -hmm. Is it the United States of America? Are we going to have information on that? Are we going to be able to have Congress, not that I have a whole lot of faith in them, but have some oversight in that? So that'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few months. And, you know, it's going to be sad as now we're going into the flu season once yes. again. By the way, the flu went away when we got COVID. It's like, where did the flu go? Well, so we're going into this, and it's tragic because now people are so afraid of you getting ill or being like, you know, we're all like, oh, I got this temperature. I have this sore throat. Well, maybe it's because we're shifting times and seasons and fall yes. is coming and, and all kinds of stuff, but we're so afraid, and we cannot be afraid because perfect love 
Cast out fear. And as a believer, we need to be informed, but not be afraid. Yes. Next topic. So now that we've moved on from masks. And what is our next topic? So our next topic, <laughs> we're going to be earlier this week. The uh, COVID numbers. Yes, COVID numbers. Earlier this week, the CDC published a report um, in which they said 6% of all deaths related to COVID, only 6% of all those deaths were strictly due from Just COVID. Just COVID. Yes. 19. Now, now, I want to talk about that because you can misinterpret the information. So what that means is um, out of... Which I, I just want to say, we want to give a lot of room yes. today because we don't want to just come out and say, oh, look, it's not such a big deal. It's only 6%. Yeah. Listen, we want to be uh, loving and kind yes. and know that there has been tragic deaths because yes. of all of this. And there are tragic deaths that happen all the time every year with the flu. And there's tragic deaths that happen with car accidents and all kinds. And we as a society uh, looked at the data and said, okay, there's a cost to risk analysis. Yes. And we're willing to continue to drive cars. And we're willing to continue to have a flu season every year because we know the, the cost to risk analysis, yes. right? The benefit of that. So yeah. we're not saying that these numbers are a justification for anything we're about to say. And it could very well be, Micah, that we're totally wrong. Yes. I, I fully admit that. And I fully admit that there are numbers of people on death certificates riding COVID-19 as this contributing factor. And those numbers could be a lot higher. I think it's interesting that the CDC said 6%. Our mm -hmm. own state of South Carolina said 15% yes. of comorbidity. Yeah. So you'll have to, to address all of that. So like Pastor Ron had said, we're not belittling the deaths of people or, you know, because uh, as current as it stands right now, as it was last updated on September 2nd, there's been 170,000 deaths related to coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2 as the scientific Or that name. have been reported yes. as. yes. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So we're not saying that it isn't tragic or it isn't sad. You know, if one of my relatives or a friend who I knew died directly because of COVID or related to it, I would be sad as well. So we're not belittling people's and We would pain. be sad if somebody died of the flu. Yes, or, or anything. But what we want to talk about is um, the people who have greater risk of getting it and what would happen to them if they get it? And is that a justification of what we've done with our society? And So normally during a pandemic or something, who normally, in a normal situation, would get quarantined normally? So the people who would be quarantined obviously would be the sick. You can look at any plague throughout okay. history, and it would be people who are sick or quarantined as well as people at, who are at higher risk, mm -hmm. which we know is people about age 55 and up are at the highest risk or Wait people- Wait a minute, I'm getting close to 55 there. I got a little bit to go, but- I think, I think <laughs> we'll, you'll be fine. If not, we'll have a nice insurance payout. So- <laughs> Wow. I, I don't want my father dead, keep that in mind. I'm just saying okay. if something were to happen, I'd have a nicer house. So people who are sick or have higher, um, uh, chances or opportunity to be sick. Normally, that's the group we yes. say, hey, stay at home. Yeah. But what did we do in this situation? In this situation, we quarantined the young, healthy people, as well as the people who were at risk. 
which has never been done before. When you have a virus or a pandemic, you quarantine the people who are sick, the people who are of elderly age, and the people who are in, in an at-risk category, people of, who have respiratory issues, or respiratory diseases, circulatory diseases, mm -hmm. you know, anything wrong in the body, thyroid, you know. These are at-risk yes. individuals. They have a higher chance of getting it, and if they get it, they have an even higher chance of some, of, you know, God forbid death, but just having a worse time with it than you or I would. So, so that's normally what happens. Yes. So now, well, now what we have is something unprecedented in man's history, which is a complete global shutdown, aside from a couple of countries, a few, a few, few select countries, a few select countries, and a few select states. North Dakota, I think it was, in South Dakota. I think it was North Dakota, didn't shut down at all. Um, so we have something unprecedented, which yeah. is shut down the whole world. Yeah. Because because what? why normally we, we isolate those who are the most vulnerable, yeah. and rightfully so. Yes, we don't want anybody. We want to take care yeah, of them. We want them safe. That isn't, you know, we're not quarantining these people because we want to live our lives without, you know, any hiccups or bumps. No, we want these people safe. That's why they would normally be quarantined. So we've shut down the world. By yes. the way, as I was coming into a, to church this morning, I was listening to a report on New York City. Mm -hmm. And you know, New York, for all that it is, it's very cultural yeah. and they, they, they pride themselves on food. By the way, I've been there. I love the food, love their pizza and all of that. And they pride themselves on their food. And the report said today, 60%, Micah, will, of those restaurants will never come back yeah. in New York City. 60%. Now think about how many people that involves because we decided to close and put everybody at home when we should have been putting what we normally put in, in, in quarantine or lockup or whatever you want to call it yeah. and, and isolate that group of people. Mm -hmm. So we've destroyed... Entire industries. We happen to live in Myrtle Beach, don't we? Yes. We're coming to you from Myrtle Beach. Yes. Where we have a high tourism. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is the second uh, largest tourist attraction on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. We have over three thousand restaurants. I'm not sure we have that many restaurants anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll talk about that in a moment. What it's done to our economy. But I want to, when we speak about it in a few moments, I want to speak more of what it's doing to people you know, in regards to depression. Good, so let's get into yeah. that first. So for those of you who are unaware, um, domestic abuse is up about 40% in America. Um, I think everything's up about yes, 40%. Yes, everything is up as yeah. well. Depression is up, suicide is up. Like I said, domestic abuse is up. Um, I just read that divorces are up yeah. as well. I mean... I think it was 40 or 50%. So, which as we know, divorce is never good for an American family. It if if you look at what happens to the kids, it, it's not good. You need both parents in the household. The dad has a role, the mom has a role. And when you put them together, you know, it works well. That isn't to say single moms or single dads who have lost their spouse or their spouse has left them can't do the job because they do. But that's the role of the church, by yes, the way. Yes, the church is supposed to help out with that. And we do. We have, we have a couple single moms in our church who we have helped for years. Mm -hmm. 
but you want to have both parents if So now possible. we've got higher rates of depression. We've got higher rates of suicide. Yeah. The amount of suicide rate is through the roof. And particularly the people of my generation, the younger generation, teenagers and young adults. Think about that. Why is that? Because now they're, if you're 16, <laughs> your whole world's gone. Yeah. Because now I can't go to college. I don't have, I can't attend I high school. I don't have a career. Yeah. And everything's being taken away from me. And if I don't have Christ in my life to anchor me and give me hope, what hope is there? Yeah, there's there's no hope for these kids, you know. For those of you who don't know, the schools and the church help report domestic abuse, depression. They help kids deal with suicide and, you know, just all these thoughts and inner demons that they have. So when a kid can't attend high school, you know, maybe he has his teacher there or they have guidance counselors who help them, they can go to therapy, they can get what they need, but when you take that away, well, all these kids, they're not rooted in their routine that they have. They go to school every day, they come home, they do their homework, they meet with friends, all of that's gone. Mm -hmm. So, like Pastor Ron just said, if you don't have Christ in your life, well, you don't have hope. Everything you had is now gone. And the very thing that gives people hope the church, uh, you have to close. Yeah. So we can't, well, I'm saying the church as a whole yes. there. We can't even help people cope through the pandemic because they told us to shut down. Yeah. And to be locked down. So the very place to get hope is nowhere to be found. Yeah. So we are creating an not we, but they are a perfect storm. Yeah, that's what it is. So before we get too far into this, um, which we will probably discuss it a little more, I want to talk about the CDC report that came out earlier this week, which is the, it's the focus of why we, we are speaking to you today. So as of September 2nd, when it was last updated, there are over 170,000 deaths due to COVID-19. 6% of those deaths, or about 10,200 roughly, um, are directly from the coronavirus. Now, you do have plenty of other deaths that the coronavirus attributes to them, but the remainder, the other 94% of deaths, are people with comorbidities. So for those of you who are not in the medical field <laughs> or do not know what the word means. They have a pre-existing condition. Yes, they have a pre-existing condition or they have multiple conditions at the same time. So these comorbidities, and I can. Uh, Which we are not saying <laughs> that COVID does not play a role in that. Yes, of course. That's not what we're saying. No. Um, so some of the comorbidities include uh, issues with your circulatory system, um, obviously respiratory, your heart. Um, obesity. Yeah, obesity plays some Diabetes. role in it. Diabetes. Diabetes, like, like we've said, pre-existing conditions. Age. Yes, which um, I can get to in a moment how age plays a huge role. But Well, we saw in the data that I think it was almost 80% mm -hmm. of the deaths were over 60. Yeah, so... Um, and that's here. a pretty high number. Yes, yeah, so let me pull the numbers up. So for about... And I've got the data for our county and our state, just yeah. so you know. Thank you. 
So the deaths, so up until about um, age 54, it's about, which is you have, you know, like one through four, four five through 14, you know, those certain sets of numbers. F age 45 to 54 has 9,000 deaths, and then all the deaths prior to it, so you know, like 20 to 25, those ranges, they all have significantly lower. So combined, ages one or under one to 54 is less than 20,000 deaths related to coronavirus. So more than 150,000 of the deaths are age 55 and above, and the people who have underlying health issues. But the people who have underlying health issues are predominantly in the 55 yes. to about 90-year-old age category. Well, I category. think they said that the, um, the, at least the data that I looked at was 70 and above. That was really the guy. Yeah. The, if you're in that group, yes. uh, you, you need to really protect yeah. yourself. Because um, ages 65 to 74 is about 36,000 deaths. And then 75 to 84 is 55 is 45, and then 85 years and over is 53. So we see that the 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 higher end of the spectrum is the people who are more advanced in age. So what did we? What can we extrapolate? That's a big word. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> uh, from these COVID numbers, and again, I think there are some who are saying. Look, it's not that big of a deal. Look at the low numbers. And that's true to a point. Yes. But what we're saying is that in our county, Horry County, and because we're a tourist destination, a lot of people, unlike um, the mayor and the governor of New York who said, oh, our people went down and they got COVID and then they brought it back to New York, that the opposite is the truth. They had a hot spot in New York mm -hmm. or in Jersey or whatever those the northern areas and you come down to Myrtle Beach or into Florida, and you're obviously bringing that down, and mm -hmm. that made our numbers spike. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because Horry County, where we live here in Myrtle Beach, does have a higher number Yes. because of that specifically. So yes. we, we had 187 deaths. That's with an 85% comorbidity yes. in, our, in, our, um, in Horry County. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 29% of that, if you use South Carolina's data, 29% was COVID-19 only. Yeah. Now, if you use the CDC numbers, that's 11 people. Yeah. Of just COVID-19. That doesn't mean that the other uh, percentage of the people is not tragic and important, mm -hmm. but we just want people to have a little perspective on that. Yeah. So here we are shutting down the nation. We're putting people into fear. We're telling them that they're going to have to have a mandatory yes. vaccine, that this is the new normal. We always hear that from the government. This is the new normal. Expect mm -hmm. this to happen. But the data doesn't really play out like it should. Yeah. Yes, it was a big deal. Yes, it was highly contagious. Mm -hmm. But now. how many people have COVID but don't have any symptoms? They're, yes. You know, they don't have the system. And it didn't really affect them yeah. uh, in the way that it should. Yes, if you're in the higher risk category, what should you do? Please stay home. Please you stay know, home. There, there are ways, you know, you have seen it in the news a couple of times. People are helping the elderly. They'll get their groceries for them. You can have it delivered or you can do a pickup. There are ways to avoid interaction with people. 
and so, you know, if you're in a high-risk category or you have some medical issue, you know, stay home, be wise about it. I don't think that we need to tell you to do that, but we're, we will. Yeah. Uh, um, but, but you know what? Like uh, every time we have the flu season, mm-hmm. you know what we tell people at our church? Hey, flu season's coming. Mm-hmm. If you're sick, don't come to church. Mm-hmm. Don't bring your kid yeah. to church. Be wise about it. Yeah. Or we have um, a handful of people in our congregation who have um, some underlying medical issues that if they did get flu, even just influenza would be very... Just the normal flu. Yeah, just the normal run-of-the-mill flu could be almost deadly to them. So we tell them, just stay home right now. You know, you can watch the service online or you can use some other means because we don't want them injured. The same thing could be said about coronavirus. But because we've done, we've used draconian measures in some instances, and we've just shut everything down across the board, how many, how many people's businesses have been ruined? How many livelihoods have been right. destroyed? And how many people now are dependent upon the government mm-hmm. for a check that they would have not normally been because they were working? Yes. And our economy was one of the best economies we've ever seen yeah. happening. And now that's kind of like erased, even though the I, the numbers just came out that, that were really well, or as job growth yes. again. Um, what we're tr- what what we're tr- what the point we are trying to get across is, yes, it is tragic. Yes, it is sad. But if we had treated this like people have for hundreds of years, you quarantine the sick, you quarantine the people <laughs> who are older and are at risk, and the people who are younger, which we know is under 20,000 deaths, age 54 and below. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but that's kind of that's kind of good relative to what it could have been. Right. You know, even during the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. when that w- killed a lot of people, right? Yeah. I was going to bring that up during the masks seg- segment. Even during that time, they knew that masks didn't work. Yeah. Way back then. Mm-hmm. So... We have evolved into that far as our thinking and medical, mm-hmm. and we always hear about science and believe science, and mm-hmm. this group says, hey, listen, you got to believe in this science, and but, you know, there's science on both sides. Yeah. The problem is the other side never gets to be heard because mm-hmm. of YouTube and Facebook and government and, cen- yeah. s- uh, censorship, right? I And, and I, w- I want to just say this because of the, the numbers, because I, I have a feeling that that a lot of people will say this. So I listened to a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that there's not, there's a doctors on both sides, by the yes. way, and Charlie Kirk had three of them on, yes. uh, let alone the seven he had on earlier that disputes a lot of this. Mm-hmm. But this doctor that I listened to, very short clip, he was kind of a little upset at us bringing up that 6% CDC number. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, well, you know, it's the science. And if you knew medical terms and you knew science, and he kept throwing science, 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 and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but your science changes all the time. Mm -hmm. When we started this, it was to flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. And then we changed, and then we changed, and then we changed, and we've got the WHO in the beginning that said don't wear masks, and then they wear masks, and then this and that. And it's this is science that keeps changing. Mm-hmm. That the, the thing I love about it is the Bible never changes. Yes. And when we talk about biblical science, we get lamb blasted for yeah. that. But when we challenge their so-called science, yes. they get a pass for that. Yeah. So I do want to be 
um, I want to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. We want to be sensitive. We want to be loving. And yes. we know a lot of people even now are not agreeing. We just want you to be informed yeah. and not think that everything that comes out of the government is right. Yes. And we, we just want you to be informed. That's mm. why we're giving you websites like cchfreedom.org. Yes. The, the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. We're telling you about Charlie Kirk's Turning Point. Yes. We're telling you about these different websites yeah. so that you can be a more informed citizen of yes. the United States without fear. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's why we're doing this. And also, as Christians, we want you to be informed. We want you to know, kind of what this has done. Well, what this has done to our country and what this has done to people. It's ruined livelihoods. It's killed, you know, plenty of people. Plenty of people have to rely on the government now. And so that's terrible. That's this shouldn't. We this should have been avoided. But also, as Christians, we want to give you. We want to give you hope. As the church, and for those of you who aren't believers, we want to give you hope. If you want to become a Christian, if you want, no, if you want the salvation that we have, knowing that if you die from coronavirus, where you are going? Are you going to right. heaven, or are you going to hell? And people dislike hearing hell, but they they love heaven all the time. Like they'll reference and everyone it. thinks they're going to heaven. Yes. By the way, yeah, yeah. Not every, not everybody's going to go to heaven. The people who go to heaven are the people who have repented of their sins, who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because, you know, you can be at your uncle's funeral or, or whoever's funeral it is, and they will be saying, oh, we know he's in a better place now. Well, how do you know that? How do you know that? Was he an alcoholic? Did he abuse his family? Did, did he act like a saved Christian? It's like when someone dies, immediately they become super holy. Yeah, they're right? a saint. <laughs> That's, no. We want to give you hope in Christ and right. inform you as, you know, with the uh, medical ramifications, what this has done to our society, what this has done to our culture, and even to our economy as well. Like I said earlier, domestic abuse is up. What does it do to a person when you are trapped in your home with your abuser? Because for those of you who don't know, um, about half of the abuse that happens in our country is at the hands of a family member, a friend, a coworker, somebody you know semi-intimately or intimately. So it happens when you trap them with that. That destroys the person. Um, uh, I believe it was the UN when they said that one in three women will be assaulted in some manner during their lifetime. And a good chance that it is because that it's a family member or a friend. Somebody they know. An acquaintance. Yeah. So what happens when you trap them in that environment? Or a kid who doesn't have high school, his friends to keep him rooted. Now he has depression. And now you have another suicide. And the people that we're told care about you the most mm-hmm. is a certain political party. Yes. Are the ones that are doing it. Yes. Uh, I would like to leave with this. Um, because, of course, we could go on and on. Yes. We want to try to keep these short and then have another uh, session. But mm-hmm. there is an opportunity that they are seizing on. Mm-hmm. And it's tragic that they're doing that. And there are states like California mm-hmm. where the governor and the state legislator yeah. 
they don't want to have anything to do with God. They're not necessarily moral people. They don't no. have a moral compass. And they seize this opportunity to shut down the church. Mm -hmm. And it's happening. And people need to, and again, we are not, in, we are not um, telling people uh, to incite violence. Of course, no. that's the other side. Yes, All of don't. the violence that is going on is not because of conservative values. That is not the violence. No. It's pretty amazing to me that the mainstream media plus the Democratic Party continue to not condemn yes. outright violence. Up until recently, because uh, President Donald Trump has been openly condemning it. Mm. And surprise, surprise, <laughs> he rises in the polls because contrary to common beliefs portrayed by the media, most people don't want their city burned down. They don't want to be, they don't want to feel threatened. Right. They don't want to be in fear of whether somebody's gonna break into their house and light it on fire. So now we see that President Donald Trump is doing better in the polls because most people are tending to agree that the violence needs to stop. Right. And now all of a sudden, all Don, of a sudden. yes, <laughs> Don Lemon, I'm looking at you, CNN. <laughs> you, now all of a sudden, this violence needs to stop. Hold on. Not, Three months ago, you were saying how it's a peaceful protest. That's right. What? <laughs> it's so it's so hypocritical. It's it all has to well, do. Well, now they're seeing yeah. that it, it's in their best interest. Yes, and it, that's that's always the case. But we we will not talk about them because our blood pressure needs to stay yes, calm. Yes, we need to remain so calm. We want to thank you for joining us at our roundtable today, uh, Calvary Chapel Myrtle Beach. This has been Pastor Ron and Micah. Uh, we're thankful for that. Listen, as Micah said, if you if you don't know Christ, you should email us at info at ccmyrtlebeach.com. We would love to pray with you, give you a Bible, and set you in the right direction. Yes. Please take these videos that we have uh, and share them with people that are so fearful yes. they have yet to leave their home. Yeah. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about people with issues mm -hmm. that they should stay at home. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about normal people that, hey, listen, you should be in the body of Christ. And uh, the Bible is very clear that we need to gather uh, with one another. You cannot, <laughs> I heard Pastor Rob say this on a, one of his fireside chats. He says, you know what? The government tells us that we should be okay with online uh, church service. Mm -hmm. Well, you ever watch those fireplace videos, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you get them on the video or on your computer screen. That's wonderful, but it doesn't produce warmth, does it? No, it doesn't. No. And that's what the body of Christ is about. It's about connecting with one another, and it's about investing your life in a human mm -hmm. being. And literally, the, the tactile portion of the body of Christ is yeah. to love on each other to build each other up, and we can't do that at home. That's why God said, don't forsake the body of Christ. Yes. So we're going to end here in just a moment. Um, as Pastor Ron said, we'd love to give you a Bible, love to pray with you, send you in the right direction. Um, this is, where I guess we're going to call it a roundtable chat or discussion, <laughs> something like that. Um, if you enjoy this, if you want us to do more of this or continue this, we can easily continue this, do it, I don't know whether it would be weekly or bi-weekly, whatever we would do, we would love to. We enjoyed this, this was, it's always um, a lot of fun to research and uh, 
actually see the information in the statistics. So if you guys enjoy this, please let us know. You can email us or comment on one of our social media pages or even our congregation. We'll see you um, come Wednesday and Sunday. You can let us know then. And if we get enough support, we'll continue to do this. We'll discuss more topics ranging from hydroxychloroquine, the election, um, BLM Incorporated, the church's role, a little more in depth with that. Yeah, because so. we're getting questions a lot from a lot of different topics, yeah. right? So uh, some of these we may address, and we might mm -hmm. even have some uh, uh, people join us, Yeah, too. some guest speakers. Maybe even a political person in yes. our area. Who knows yeah. uh, what God wants to do and open up the door. But we encourage you to like. I know I say this all the time, but you got to like us and subscribe to us so mm -hmm. you know when these videos get posted. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. Amen. The Lord bless you and have a wonderful week. And don't be afraid. Jesus is coming soon. Yes. This is Pastor Ron and Micah signing off.